Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Hi, fam fam. Guys, hi. we are hey, Tessa says hi. In case you didn't catch that. Yeah, she's on the podcast with me. She just only intros almost every episode we ever have. Um She makes me. She overworks me. I really do. She gets no pay, no residuals. I mean, I just keep her in that little voice box and she just has to <laughs> do all the little voice box she means my studio apartment <laughs> yeah, exactly it is a little box <laughs> um so i'm gonna do the best to intro this without butchering it but we are very excited um for you guys to tune into this episode um with the ladies from hags podcast they're the hosts um with miss nicole wyland riley rose critchlow and alex reeves but today on the show we're just having nicole and riley speak with us um, their mission statement, which we really felt aligned to as well, um, is that they started out with their very first episode in 2017, and their mission again is to deconstruct and demystify the way society values women. They began um, their journey on hags by examining adjectives that are commonly used to describe women and the problematic ways in which they're interpreted, appropriated, diminished, or weaponized. Riley and Nicole met on a hit web show and have been creating feminist content together. And then in 2016, they co-produced a gender-bending parody series called Get Bent, Guys, it's hilarious. We go into what they did there, and it really highlights the way women are portrayed in Hollywood by putting women in men's roles and vice versa, and they they do a great way of showcasing that. So um, we get into that, their history there. And then in the spring of 2017, Riley and Nicole teamed up with director and head of Point of Blue Studios. Alex Reeves to create Hags Podcast. So they have a history together working on these projects. Um, and I I think they really bring up important topics on their show. So we're excited to delve into that. And I hope you guys enjoy. Girl, have you listened to Hags yet? Oh my God. Yes. Let's tell the fam about it. So, Hags is a weekly podcast dedicated to deconstructing and demystifying how society values gender by asking key questions like, for the love of God, why? <laughs> yep. And each episode begins by celebrating a boss-ass bitch from throughout history before tackling our ever-changing understanding of modern intersectional feminism through history, pop culture, current events, personal anecdotes, and embarrassing childhood stories. 
co-hosts Riley Rose Critchlow and Nicole Wyland are frequently joined by special guests like Gates McFadden, Troy and Belisario, Gina Susanna, Liz Jenkins, Brianna Cuoco, Ioni Butler, Jazz Thornton, and Jen Mora from Voices of Hope, and many more. The show is produced by Alex Reeves and Point of Blue Studios. Follow them across the social medias at Hags Podcast for more. So, Fem Fam, we have some more fantastic guests for you today. Today, we have two guests at once. These are the hosts of the podcast Hags, which I highly recommend. It is hilarious, but like also very poignant. Like they really attack important issues. I mean, I listen every time a new episode comes out, like immediately. So, individually, they are Nicole Wyland and Riley Rose Critchlow. And we will get into their um, film careers and everything a little bit in more detail. But they are both, you know, talented film people in their own right, besides just podcast hosts as well. So they've got a lot going on. And I have to mention for you friends and family listening from back home in southwestern Pennsylvania, Nicole is from the lovely small town of 84, right outside of Washpa. Y'all know where that is. (laughs) So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. (laughs) So I guess let's... Oh, sorry, Carolina. Go ahead. No, I was just like, love that, you know, it's it's great to have fellow podcasters on as mm-hmm. well who like have started, you know, a show from the ground up. I love that it is a a unique and um I lo- like well researched show. Like you guys really go into history and that's what I mean, like research like you guys like go into the topics. And so I definitely feel like um Tessa, I'm sure you're gonna lead it this way. Like I wanna hear you know, tell our audience like how you got your show started and like what go into more about what it's about, because I, I just feel like it's, you know, we we started and we love talking about how we started. So like, let, I'm, I'm excited to hear how you guys formed and why you two even partnered, you know, like, that's always fun, too, because Tessa and I have a unique story, too. So like, <laughs> yeah, please, please indulge us. Riley, you're the one who started it. (laughs) It's all your fault. (laughs) All my fault. Um, Well, Nicole and I started working together. We met on set uh, on a web series called Video Game High School, um, where we were at. We actually didn't have a lot of stuff together because we were like, it's about a high school. So we're like in different cliques (laughs) in the high school. Um, But we sort of just became friends and started hanging out. And I think we are both naturally very creatively inclined people. So we tend, I speaking for myself personally, the only people that I see in my personal life, like the friends that I hang out with, we're making something. We're like create, we're writing together, we're creating a movie, we're podcasting together. So I think Nicole and I both kind of have that natural inclination to be like let's make something together um so we started out we did a couple things we like wrote a tv show we we were doing some videos we we started we basically connected on our our like hatred for the patriarchy (laughs) and our love for creating content together Um, (laughs) which is beautiful and i (laughs) yeah i I mean what a better way to connect with anybody ever i feel like you guys probably have a similar bond (laughs) absolutely this is all sounding very relatable (laughs) And then what we did, I guess we did get bent first, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I think so. That was like, yeah. Um, We, along with Alex, who is also our our co-host and producer of Hags, he talks. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh, we allow He's him allowed to speak. In. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. Um, <laughs> he directed a piece that we conceived of, which was basically, we were getting really frustrated with how um, how sneaky the patriarchy currently was in our world. It, it felt like we were being fed this narrative of like, oh, well, women have all these rights now and it's all equal and that's all behind us. And like, we've we've arrived, um, which we know is not true <laughs> at all. Uh, so we were like, let's look at some popular shows that maybe feature a female lead that feel like they are an example of progress, but like aren't mm-hmm. really. Um, so we, we took an episode of new girl and we just, we literally like shot for shot, word for word, recreated it, but we flipped all the genders. Mm -hmm. So it was new boy. So the character of Jess (laughs) was Jeff. Um, and we just, we, that like it, we just presented it as is with no, nothing additional. We tried to make it literally as much of a shot for shot recreation as we could just to be like, how ridiculous does this look to you now? that it's a man in this role. You accept this sort of like vapid, flighty shit when you're used to being like, oh, it's just a quirky manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> but like when it's a dude, you're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think okay. the most interesting thing we found from doing that project um, was that the main comments that were like pushback and like ill about it were from women. Um, which was to me very surprising. Um, so then Riley sent out um, this sort of really thoughtful email to a lot of important women in her life and was like, hey, what do you think about these big ideas? Um, and then once she had a lot of answers to those, she came to me and she was like, what if we did this? And I was like, what if we did this? <laughs> I think I started, I was like, okay, it's called Hags. Um, that's the beginning. That was like one of the first, (laughs) the first thing was like the title. Um, and I, what I think that the email that I sent out was asking some very, it was like, I started to get really angry at the beauty industry around this time Mm -hmm. as well, which is like a stop on any, anyone's feminist Mm -hmm. journey. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, again, we're being sold this idea, specifically Dove. I'll just call them out as I love doing on our podcast. Um, this like the Dove like real beauty campaign like got me going. I was mad because it was just, it was like, guess what? We featured an actor who's a size 10 instead of a size two. Look at us be so progressive. She's still white. She's still beautiful. She's still young. Or they'll be like, she's older. She's actually in her 40s. We deserve a pat on the back. And like shit that I was just like, I like, we see right through you. Why are we still Mm -hmm. believing this? And the thing that like the straw that broke the camel's back was Mm -hmm. that ad they did where they they would like bring a woman into a room and like have her describe herself. And like, like a sketch artist would like draw her or whatever. And then her best friend would come in and her best friend would describe her. And they'd be like, look at the difference in these pictures. One of them is beautiful. And one of them is hideous. We can't believe you think of yourself so terribly. And then they would be like, like 90 million women each year tweet negative things about their body. It's like, what narrative are you trying to create? How is this helping us? Like, how is this doing anything other than reminding women that we think that we're a piece of shit. And now we should think that we're a piece of shit for thinking that about ourselves. So I was like, fuck you, Dove. Um, yeah, like so maybe first- address how you've contributed to that narrative before you yell at us for thinking 100%, that. One hundred percent. Yeah, right. Yeah, and like per- continually perpetuate that. So anyway, our first episode of Hags was beautiful. Our we always pick like an adjective, and that was our very first adjective. Mm. And that email that I sent out, I had asked a bunch of w- different women in my life, like different ages, different um, occupations, different places they lived. 
uh, about their thoughts on beauty, um, their thoughts on the biggest obstacle facing women and like what, how they would like to see that change or something along those lines. Mm. Um, and the thoughts on beauty got me really interested. So that was how our, kind of our first episode mm. sparked. Um, but the other interesting thing was I also sent those questions out to some men afterwards and see well researched I, I, I knew what I was saying I, there we go <laughs> <laughs> I think this would be different now if I did this again which maybe I should it might be interesting yeah. but at the time the men that answered the question about what do you think the biggest issue facing women is you guys I got several answers saying that the biggest issue facing women was that women were mean to each other mm. <gasps> women on women crime that's what they went <gasps> with that, that that was the biggest issue there were a couple that were like the wage gap but like <laughs> that's interesting but it, that yeah, it's interesting like, that you said the that women were the most critical of your piece so i, yeah. I just i think that is interesting that yeah. like i you know and i feel like you know it's funny i, I mean how like how much do we are we like hard on each other even more so and and like do we complain to men often about that you know like I can't even think about it I'm like hmm love my girlfriends but sometimes I like just I'm like I always tell my boyfriend I'm like I love them but this is what drives me insane <laughs> like or you know like how maybe there is this other narrative but that's just my initial thoughts because that is really interesting like are they pushing the blame back onto us is where I can see it going or is there something is there it there might be a problem with us ourselves and how we are holding each other back. Like, I do think that's interesting. I do think it is something that needs to be addressed. Certainly. I mean, I think the thing that the women bumped up against and they get bent, uh, <laughs> we took a super cut of one episode. Do you guys watch new girl by chance? I yeah. don't. Okay. It's the episode where, um, Nick and Jess have just broken up. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers abound. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tessa. Um, and uh, Nick is using I still live with my girlfriend as an excuse to get women out of the house after one night stands. It's also the episode where Schmidt is trying to convince DC not to get a breast reduction because breasts are for everyone to enjoy. And It's like perfect. Yeah. There were so many, like, you know, it's got, it's like three plot points and all three of them, we were like, wow. Yeah, and then when and uh coach were doing favors for their new lady neighbors with the hope of having sex with them that's the only reason they were helping these women um so we went ahead and flipped it and i mean i played nick riley played schmidt and it's essentially me in bed with three different men being like i live with my boyfriend and then they're like oh and then they like these cut to the door slamming uh, and, lots, and like, it's these dudes like cuddling in bed being like let's go to the botanical garden and nick's like i live with my ex-boyfriend yeah. and they're like i should go yeah like stuff that you're so used to seeing the other way around when you see it flip like that you're like why are we accepting this narrative of like women just being like i can't <laughs> and like that's like how many women do you know who are actually like that zero i know right. zero women yeah but it's like it's such um, but, a- you know, I'm glad it happened because now we have, you know, four years later, yeah. we're still doing hags. <laughs> yeah. And it's so important that you guys like created something like that to to make people aware of that. You know, I think there's so many issues that people aren't even aware that they're an issue because we've just grown to accept it because that's what we're used to seeing, you know. 
And because we yeah. laugh like that, we're like, ah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how we just yeah. deal with everything, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, well, and there definitely it's... were comments too from people who were like, wow, I never actually thought of this as a problematic show. I thought of this as like, oh, it's cool. It's got a female lead. She's like, has a job. She's independent, whatever. Um, and I didn't, you know, I was willing to sort of like look, overlook all these other huge mm-hmm. issues because I kind of like checked the like feminist checkbox and then like didn't look any further. Yeah. And I think in a way, like, it is, I would say, like, Schmidt, for instance, I I haven't, like, I'm not, I haven't, like, watched every episode of all, every season. (laughs) I I mean, like, it's cute, whatever, but then you do look at that, and I will say, like, a character like Schmidt, you're like, okay, like, he's obviously that douchebag, like, you know, character where you're like, yeah, that's, you cross a lot of lines there, but I think now that when you do a scene like that you're like oh there's a lot there's a lot that's happening there and what is the picture that's being painted for like zoe deschanel's character you know so yeah that the male roles also i'm sure nick you felt the same way it was fun to play roles (laughs) that were like that complicated and like flawed and ridiculous right and like the dudes playing the women on set literally were kind of standing around they were like, I don't know. Do you want to have sex with him with her? I don't really. I like should we? Should we not? <laughs> Whereas like we got all this like fun comedic stuff to do because of how because the men were written as like real complex mm-hmm. human beings, where the women were just written as the hot girl. Yeah, right. And that's sense. Cece's yes. character, absolutely. Like you know, she's like token hot girl for sure. Like of that, and then mm-hmm. Zoe's. Yeah, more I like, mean, I, the the men we had on set playing the female characters had basically no lines. I mean. <laughs> We changed breast reduction to balls reduction to make it even more absurd as well, yeah. which was I very good watching fun. Riley balls over and over again. Um, it's still online if you want to watch it. We also did the full opening credits with our very gracious friend, Chase Williamson, as Jess, or Jeff in our case. Really good. Oh my God. Very, very good stuff here. He also sings the whole song. Nice. Um, oh my god oh my god oh my god i need to see this (laughs) it sounds hilarious but also like wow (laughs) wow that's how we feel about it too (laughs) well where where can our listeners find that if they want to watch that uh that is on youtube it's uh if you if you look up BFT comedy. This is a comedy sketch comedy channel that we had for a while um, that hosts a couple different types of like series and things okay. on it. And Get Bent is one of them. Um, so you can watch, I think we have three Get Bent videos up there. We've got the the uh, cut of New Girl, the original episode cut. So you can see what we're referencing. Oh, wow. You have our flipped version of it. And then we had to include the full in the in the flipped version. We only did like a snippet of the opening titles because it's like kind of long. But we had to include a full video of the full opening titles because it's pretty delightful. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that you reference both. I think that's like what really will people who don't even watch the show like that they'll be able mm-hmm. to then see it very clearly. So I love that you did that. That is that's just yeah, and hysterical. that's all to Riley's credit because she knew. I mean, watching ours, you're like, this is fucking absurd. <laughs> and then we knew there would be pushback. And she was like, solution, super cut. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Also side by side. There so you go. Just, Smart. It's right there. Yeah. Good. Riley, 
You did it. <laughs> Listen, this was a for sure a team effort. And I, I think both of us would love to do more. It it was it was like a little bit more work and money than we expected mm-hmm. it to be, as I'm sure all content creators know. You're like, we're gonna do this fun idea. And then you're like, okay, we've spent a thousand dollars. And it took two yeah. months. Um, we're exhausted. We were planning on doing 12 of these. And yeah. so we did yeah. one. Uh, but it would be cool to do more of those because it was yeah. it was really interesting. Totally. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, yeah, you guys should absolutely, if time and budget allows, or, you know, you can pitch that somewhere for someone to help you produce that, that, yeah, yeah. I would want to see If you're listening and you would like to help us do <laughs> yeah. that. You can just send us yeah. your money and Venmo, Venmo requests are accepted at, at the Hags Foundation. Actually, um, I will take a second. Y'all do have a Patreon if you would like to share oh, that with do. our listeners. Hags Podcast. Just look that up on Patreon or it's patreon.com slash Hags Podcast. Um, you know, we have all the usual weird stuff on there. Super soft notebooks, weird behind the scenes um, videos and and all that good weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We do a monthly chat. It's oh, yeah. really fun. Our monthly chat is a blast. Yeah. We talk about not feminism. We usually talk about like people's cats and how much of a nightmare American politics are. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Sign me up. Um, I wanted to bring it back though. Hags. So I know Hags as my like high school, no, middle school yearbook. Like I would write that for Have a Great Summer. Have a Great Summer. So yeah. talk to us more about that title. Like, what is it? Oh, yeah, it's it's not that version. Didn't think it's so. the old. It's an old. We were like, what's the worst thing that you could, could be considered as a woman? And it's old and ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Thus, Which is Hags was born. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were just like, let's take a ridiculous word. That's like an insult because it literally means, oh, you're an old, ugly woman. You're useless to society, essentially, mm-hmm. um, which is the case in society with um ageism being one of the largest and most ridiculous and untalked about Mm -hmm. aspects of feminism I feel Mm -hmm. we should cover it more on our show personally um but yeah that's why we're like it's just a it's just an ugly old woman god forbid yeah yeah I mean, that's like me and one of my best friends, Leslie, we call each other spinsters all the time. And it's like, let's just let's own it. (laughs) We're single cat ladies. We like to watch, you know, serial killer documentaries and go to sleep at 9 p.m. Like, but no, yeah, Yeah. totally. And I mean, I hate to be that guy, but it went around on the Internet. I'm sure we all heard the origin of the word spinster, right? We know that. No, I don't think I have. No, enlighten us. It was women who did professional sewing and were rich enough that they never had to marry. Ah. Oh. So snaps, snaps to the spinsters out there. All right, I'm going to own it even more now. Be a motherfucking spinster. <laughs> right, That's where we're going. <laughs> Love it. Like, let's make that a Cardi B song. Let's go. <laughs> I'm here for it. Oh the my gosh, that album. is so funny that's so and that's like of course of course you're successful and of course it's a negative thing mm-hmm. now yeah right I mean because if a woman doesn't have a relationship to a man she has to be a pariah she has to be just the worst awful or just a straight-up witch and now we're gonna throw you in a lake right or burn yeah. or, or we're just gonna race you you're just invisible and you don't matter right. and yeah we'll just like brush you off to the yeah. side which is even worse because then nobody learns from it nobody nothing is yeah Right, right. And it's like, I love, I tell me, ladies, how do you feel like, I do feel like we are making strides in this day and age. I think we still have a long way to go, but 
I do think there is a more women empowerment movement happening. That's what Tess and I are about on the show and, and our production company and, and film. We are we are trying to change the narrative. And I think, how do, how do you guys feel right now in this climate? Do you feel like, you know, women are starting to come together or, you know, you're getting feedback from men saying, you know, we're still against each other and so are they, you know? Like, where do you think we're at right now? I think that... White lady feminism has had a lot of strides. I think that intersectional feminism still needs a lot more attention and a lot more white ladies to join and be truly intersectional where you know that you won't benefit from it more than other people Mm -hmm. and you're perfectly fine with that. And I think that's where we need to go. And I think maybe a a certain few have decided to start to move forward. But for others, I feel like there's a lot more performative activism happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah well, I very much, very much agree with that. I think that when we talk about this in Hags all the time, but this idea that uh, a lot of the quote unquote feminist movement has been driven by white women who are essentially just second in line at the top mm-hmm. of the privilege pyramid. Um, and they're like, I'm mad. I'm not at the top. So I'm going to fight for to be at the top. And once I'm at the top, I'm like, did it. Yes. And everyone else is like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you pretended that what you were doing is fighting for equity or equality when in, fa- in fact you were just you were just trying to join the white straight men's club mm-hmm. yeah. and once mm-hmm. you got in you were like yay equality and like that is not how that works yeah. Yeah. um and i really do think that it's a false narrative that women like hold each other back or are each other's problem um i think that all human beings have issues with other human beings and of course there are going to be conflicts between women but that is so frequently spotlighted as like oh well that's because women are this way that's because women are gossipy and that's because women are mean and that's because you know it's it just turns into this way of like othering women and right. and oppressing them essentially mm-hmm. i mean it's just for a lot of women it's internalized misogyny of being like, oh, I'm not like the other women. I'm a cool, I'm a guy's girl. Um, or taking it as a compliment and guys are like, you're not like other girls. Like that, that is not a compliment. <laughs> Anybody listening, big red flag. If guys are like, I usually don't get along with women, but you're different. Like run, yeah. that is not a never. Piece of shit. 100%. Yeah. Piece of shit. And I feel like also the thing that happens, and we've talked about this on, on Hags a lot too, um, what white people do very specifically and white women do a they're very happy like you said riley being in second as long as there's people underneath of them which is fucked up inherently Mm -hmm. and then two they'll open the door in their job in their life in their whatever click for one other person who's like different or checks a box um and then they'll quickly close that door because they're like no no i let this one in Mm -hmm. so i'm good right and you're not. Um, that's not how it works. Yeah, that's never how it should work. Right. Uh, or it's it becomes just maintaining the status quo that you're like, well, I'm the only female executive at this company, and I worked really hard to get here, and I don't want to rock the boat because I want to keep my job. Yes. Right. Which is fine, but also don't pretend that you are progressing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's the case, if you're just like, I feel lucky to be here and all I'm going to do is just blend in as much as possible um, or be like outspoken and shitty to people around me because that's what all the men around me do. And I've learned how to emulate that. Mm-hmm. 
So like that works for me instead of being like, what? Okay, but what's next? Yeah. Like, do you, do you want this, this to be progress and like what progress looks like for your industry? Hopefully not. Right. Um, and if you, and if you do, and if this is your example of like, you, we've made it, congratulations, then like, you need to step off the pedestal and like, examine your shit. Right. <laughs> Try harder. I mean, it goes back to the whole like performative thing. It's like, you know, we, we think we're doing this to be or like to bring forth more equality and, you know, everything, but really it's like, a lot of times people are just doing it to make themselves look good and to check a box. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the idea of like equality versus equity. Mm -hmm. Like, are we just, are we like, I want whatever, we should all have the same thing, which is like all well and good when you have a lot of privilege and you're like someone above me has a little bit more privilege. I want the same thing as that white man. Um, but if you are more focused on equity, that's the idea that everybody gets to have the same chance. Mm -hmm. So everybody right. gets to have the same opportunity and support. Um, and if you already have a lot of opportunity and support, you need to be fighting for everybody else, not fighting to give yourself that extra advantage. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Agree. And yeah, if you're someone who's, you know, afraid that if someone gets a little something, that means you get less right. and you're subscribing to scarcity politics, there is enough to go around. Everyone should get what they need not what they want, 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 want forever. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I think that's a, a common, I think, uh, thing that then happens because of that. And that's why people don't do more, you know, they think they're doing it, but they're not. And it's, I think part of that plays is that the scarcity politics behind that. So I think that's really, really well put you two on, on spotlighting that. Um, mm -hmm. cause that could, happen you know in our industry for sure <laughs> and it's like let's you know we need we need to stop that we need to keep creating and and helping like you said I love that you guys said that like you know creating opportunities and bringing people up with you and and you're only gonna I think it's a poor thing to think it's gonna bring you back down and you're not gonna like go I, it's gonna only help you because that's it's a win-win you know and and I think it's a poor mindset to think you're you're gonna well it's selfish <laughs> and and privileged to think you're you're gonna be losing in like your whatever your position. But I think, you know, we need to like not um I think we need to continue to build up and, mm -hmm. and do that in every in every field too, obviously. But well yeah. yeah, and understanding why you're doing what mm -hmm. you're doing too. I think a lot of people are like Oh yeah, diversity. I'm on board, but like, okay, why? Why are you on board? Yeah, right. And uh, people are like, oh, because it's the right thing to do. It's a, it's the, it's the right, it's the right mm. answer. I give you the right answer. What more do you want from me? And it's like, no, but it's right. because you want a more fair and equitable world moving forward. It's because it's gonna make your product better. It's gonna make art better, which can change the world in wonderful ways. So understanding, like, a little, being like, okay, okay, good. So like, having a little bit more of a grasp on like why you're doing those things, then hopefully you're not just gonna hire. We talked about this on our diverse episode with. Christina DeLeon, who's a fabulous writer and director. And she was like, you're, I'm so sick of being like the one diverse person in the writing mm -hmm. room, which first of all, you can't be a diverse person. <laughs> Diversity depends on there being lots of different 
different people. So you can't just be like, oh, we're, we're all white and there's our one diverse person. That's not diversity. And she was like, yeah, then like anytime anything comes up where somebody is mm-hmm. making, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're going to write this piece about black women. And they like turn to her and she's like, I'm not a black woman. I'm just the only non-white woman in the oh, room. Wow. And now all of a sudden I'm responsible for the narrative regarding anybody not white, mm-hmm. which is so unfair. And there's no way that's going to be a creative, productive environment. So if you if you do genuinely care about and want diversity to be a part of your project you have to actually make it a part of your project not just be like oh well yeah we hired um we hired susan she's a black woman she's a pa she has literally nothing to do with the creative process but like we are going to take a bunch of pictures with her on set (laughs) to make sure that you know that it's not just all white dudes that went to film school together Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's so accurate it hurts (laughs) We talk about this um, last season in our episode with Blythe, which is actually the episode that I sent you guys. Um, But she, you know, she talks about being in the writer's room and yeah, it's like, you know, they want to tell a story about let's, you know, we'll use the same example, like a black woman. And it's like, you know, white men. Yes, you can write a story about a black woman. I'm not saying you can't write what you specifically aren't, but like you need to know the story that you're going to tell and you need to get that from someone who's who is that the consultation there. yeah exactly and yeah. you know she said she would just run into that all the time like whether it was a race issue a sex issue a, you know whatever but it's like yeah people don't even think about how important that is like you need well she she's like latina and so there's so mm-hmm. many different like I'm, I'm half Colombian and, you know, I don't look like your typical Latina and like what my experience of that culture is very different than someone else, you know? So it's just right. you, and and she was actually, she's same thing. She's like, she's probably white as me and, and, and half Colombian as well. So we're like, Oh, Hey, what's up? <laughs> you don't meet a lot of us. <laughs> um, and, and it's hard to just write for the Latin race. They were just doing it so stereotypically and Mm -hmm. it's just like we you need I love that you brought that up you can't just have her the one person as the diverse person in the room to just speak to all of that and you have to understand that I'm glad that she did kind of try to bring it to their attention that it's like no this is wrong like that's not how you can just categorize all Latina women (laughs) you know or Latin people how they were doing it so that's a really good point and um and it's something we talk about on our show too because it's like you need, uh, yeah, people just think having the one person or the to speak on it is enough. And it's like, that's, you can't just do the token, you know, mm-hmm. try to bring it on. And it's like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So we need to correct yeah. that. I think that's something we, I, I still feel like in our world, in the entertainment industry, industry, especially, we need to be better at and really understand how to do that correctly. Mm-hmm. To tell a story and to like work because we should be able to all work together and that's why that's the beauty of having inclusion you know is Mm -hmm. to then create a better story a better you know product whatever it is yeah and it all goes back to awareness like you know if you take again that example of like making one person like one latina girl talk for all of like the multiple latin races it's like well, no, that doesn't work. But the person that hired her on, maybe they genuinely didn't really get that. And that's a problem in itself. But like, everybody's got to learn at some point, you know, and now I do think that we are becoming or getting more opportunity, I will say to become more aware of things, you know, but it's still on people to go learn that for themselves, you know, and I think 
that's the only way any of this is ever going to fix itself, you know, if people become more aware. I know that's also being put on actors mm-hmm. too, that they're like, oh, it was a casting choice. This, they're like, this role could be any ethnicity. So we cast this, this native woman and we want to make sure that this character is like true to the native experience. So now we're going to make the actor do the, do the labor mm-hmm. that we should have done with our story editors and our writers and our researchers. And instead just be like, oh, well, how would this, how would this happen in your life? And then make them do the work of it. Again, j- essentially just to like get your gold star and be like, did it. Mm-hmm. We are progressive. Yeah, and, and like potentially harm the actor too because now they're plumbing this actor's personal experience and also using that one person's personal experience potentially as a monolith to represent an entire race, which is insane. And also, I mean, I might be the only actor that has an issue with this and I might be shooting myself in the foot for any (laughs) job ever in the future, but let let it fly. I am tired, and I say this as a writer myself, of lazy writers plumbing people's personal lives or making an entirely new show or episode off of ad libs that actors do in the moment and then claiming that they wrote it. I'm tired of going into commercial auditions or seeing other people go into these auditions and like put a button on the end and then you see that commercial and is it you? No, but your button's on there. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm off my soapbox now. (laughs) Everyone stop doing that and pay people for their time, pay them for their stories, pay them for their labor. Yeah. All of it, emotional and actual. I think that's a huge issue because it's, you know, and I think that they realize that they can get away with it because there are so many of us out here trying to be actors, right? You know, and we (laughs) will do anything we can to get there. And some people are so desperate, they will literally do anything they can. Like, you know, and it's just, yeah, they know they can get away with it. I mean, it's like the whole reason that non-union commercials are so much bigger than union commercials nowadays, or like there's so many more of them is because actors are willing to work non-union when they really should be holding out to, you know, get paid fairly, but... The, you know, they're going to take advantage of this when they know they can get away with it. Yeah. It's, I mean, the power dynamics also, I mean, as, as we go along talking about injustice um, within the film industry, mm-hmm. I mean, countless cases of just nightmare power dynamics between men and women, between, I mean, even hear about those companies where the woman CEO is there and then she's like a grab it on people's chest, but it's cool. Cause we're both ladies. Right. And like, it's not cool. Yeah. It's never cool. Consent. Hey everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius and I'm the producer of Krista makes a podcast and the host of the one hit thunder podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of horror movie night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape podcasting network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience and we want to help you start your own podcast we know podcasting and we want to share that knowledge with you so whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast we want to help or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work well we can help you with that also you can contact us at info at we for more information we're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality who was it it's that a, just, um, was it Olivia Wilde that just had that quote or whatever about like, she has the no asshole policy, which yes, I mean, yes, it was yeah, amazing. I love that. But a part of me like with, and I didn't go like read the whole interview or watch the whole interview. I just saw like that, you know, snippet quote, but I was like, 
I love that. I love that about her. But that being like the only thing that's like taken from it, it's like if it were a guy, they wouldn't have even, they would have laughed and like, okay, move on. Like that just because, you know, she is a woman in power and she's like, I will not work with assholes. Like I'm not going to put up with what I shouldn't put up with that. They're like, Oh, she has this no asshole policy, you know? And it's just, again, it's like, (laughs) I mean, it does make a good headline. Yeah. 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 No, my favorite part of that interview with her was she, she was also talking about how uh, she wants to break down this idea that actors should be separated from the rest Mm -hmm. of the crew. um, And that actors like shouldn't either don't need to know what's going on or shouldn't, shouldn't be informed about Mm -hmm. what's going on. I feel, and I agree with her. She's saying like, maybe the actor would like to know why you're changing the shot or why you're switching the lens or what's happening next or why the, like what you're doing with the lighting and how that's going to look in the camera. Like, as an, I'm, I'm like, fuck mm-hmm. yes, sign yeah. me up. That's incredible. Absolutely. But it also, that idea that actors should be kept separate, we just talked about this in one of our episodes of Hags, that's only like a stone's throw away from actors like Stanley Kubrick literally abusing their mm-hmm. cast and being like, oh, well, I'm not going to get a genuine reaction out of you unless I traumatize you and then I'm going to film it and it's going to be great yeah. instead of trusting you as an actor to be part and included part of this process. You're just completely like othering and women mostly. I don't know if that happens as much to Mm -hmm. men, but maybe. I mean, I think that's why Olivia Wilde's quote about having a no asshole policy was sort of like loved by many, but also like vilified and made fun of and Mm -hmm. openly mocked by others. Because if any Stanley Cooper had a no assholes policy, he'd have to throw his own ass (laughs) off of his set. Like all of these like auteurs... Like we've seen it going around, like this film directed by a misogynist, like if the shoe fits, go ahead and wear it. Even directors working today who are, you know, winning Oscars and nominated for shit have make actresses cry, actors cry and then live for it, Mm -hmm. like brag about it. Yeah, Yeah, it's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Black Bear with Aubrey Plaza yet? No. Okay, so I watched it. I I got a screener I for it, her. so I don't know if it's streaming yet or not, but it without giving too much away, it centers around like her relationship. She's an actress and her boyfriend is the director. And yeah, he does the same thing. Like he makes her think that he's having an affair with this other woman so he can get this like reaction out of her performance. And it's it's it ends up being like this huge mind fuck, but that's the general gist of it. And yeah, you know, you see like how crazy it drives her and like just you know pushes her off the edge and like it's a real thing (laughs) like you said like Stanley Kubrick is a great example and he's not the only one you know it's it's wild that it that exists and it's not uncommon (laughs) can I ask everyone a a question um how do you feel about separating the work from the pr- problematic person who made it. How have we, are we still, how do we feel about that? I do separate it and I don't have a reason to justify that, like the morality behind that, to be sure, honest. Sure. Um, but I just know like there's so many works that I am such a big fan of and has like influenced my style or, you know, um, trying to think of like a really good example um like Kevin Spacey as an actor I 
absolutely love so many movies that he's done. And I like took his masterclass before masterclass was like a big thing. And I think he was a great teacher. Like, I just love the way he approaches it. Terrible person. (laughs) But I just felt like it was such a waste to just throw away everything that he's created. And I, I mean, I think absolutely people should be punished for that. Um, if they never get a job again, that's okay too, if that's what needs to happen. But I, I don't think that the work itself should be punished if that makes any sense. And that's just because I, I, I am able to separate it in my mind and I know not everybody can, you know? So yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I've 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 kind of run in. It's it's funny. I, I I do think about that a lot since like since the Me Too movement. Like a lot of shit got uncovered, and it's still like there's tons of people that are being investigated. And it's like like for me, it was like Roman Polanski with Rosemary Baby being like one of my favorite like first horror films, right? And like, mm-hmm. but then you like it's it's fun to now almost criticize that with a new like outlook on who that director was too. You can like really go back and be like, Hmm, Hmm. see, like how can we be better now? Like telling like a narrative from someone who was not a great person, not like for a feminist or equality approach to women. Like where can we do better? So that's where I kind of like focus on that. I'm like, okay, now that I know, like you're like, this and now I look I can revisit your work and have a different look at it but I don't completely be like okay like hate this like I don't ever want to see that again because I did learn from it and I think maybe that's what we need to take from it is just like okay now like and like where can I where can we grow and continue then just be like okay like fuck that like because if it if it did make it staple it obviously had a message there and like where can we learn and grow from there Mm -hmm. like as the work itself and then, yeah, yeah. if yeah. that makes sense. Of course it does. What totally. about you, Riley? I feel like, I think it all, to me, it it depends on how it fits into your personal story. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that enough people are making that distinction to say like, to say like Kevin Spacey influenced your personal story as an artist. That's different from you devoting all of your time and energy to being like, you guys, but Kevin Spacey is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because he influenced my personal story, that's fine. He 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 influenced your personal story. That's incredible. You drew inspiration from him. You maybe you still draw inspiration from him. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's very different from being like we shouldn't cancel him because of this, or we should be able to separate him from his work because of this, and like soapboxing mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I think I think just being like this is part of my personal story. I think we've talked about this on Hags too. Like as a child, I listened on repeat to Bill Cosby's stand-up mm. on a cassette tape. And I it hugely influenced my like sense of comedy and of storytelling. Um, and that that in no way means that I have to say anything ever about Bill Cosby, but it also means that that's still true for me. Absolutely. So I think you can like you can still hold on to Shi- The Shining being an influential movie in your mm-hmm. life uh, without having to do any work around Stanley Kubrick. You, like actively don't defend mm-hmm. him maybe just shut up in those conversations um stop saying his name make him less relevant instead of being like it's a thing we constantly debate for the next 40 years um and you should also be looking for new inspiration in places that 
deserve it now that you yeah, know. Exactly. Am I like, oh, I'm going to keep watching Bill Cosby's entire back catalog for the rest of my life? No, <laughs> I can still like have that memory of like, wow, I totally remember hearing that joke for the first time and being amazed that I understood how it was set up and then how it was paid off. Cool. I learned about comedy. But now I also am watching new comics and new creators and, and being, you should be constantly inspired in your life. And so the new stuff and the stuff you're currently doing, like, I don't know, don't waste your time on the old shit. And I don't mean don't rewatch The Shining or re-listen to whatever stand-up inspired you, but like what the conversations you're having and the stuff, the new things you're exploring, you do have a, you do have control over mm -hmm. that, over like how much attention you give to certain yeah. things. And I just don't think we should give them that as much attention because eventually they are going to fade away. New, better things are going to arise from people that aren't hopefully as problematic and we should like allow space for that. Yeah. I like cool. that how you said about like, it's not like separating, you know, the person from what they did, but it's like separating that person from the work, you know? I Yeah. Yeah. And how it affected yeah. you and separating your, your personal story with it from it existing in the universe. You don't have to defend its entire existence for it to be true that for your story, it was influential. That's yeah. fine. But you also don't have to proclaim that you're supporting its entire existence just because for your story, it was exactly. influential. Yeah, I think, yeah. and that's why, yeah, I do find that in those moments, I just kind of take a step back and I'm like, well, mm -hmm. you know, we've all had an experience to it, it to, to with the work to an extent. So yeah, I do. I think that is the, like an approach, at least I, I do see myself like following and doing. What about you, Nicole? That was a great question. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm still evolving on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have gone from fuck all of that <laughs> never again to like, but guilty pleasure but like is that okay am I am I like I've gone through all of the emotions of feeling the guilt and then like the shame and then the, yeah like, that's it, so real it, yeah and I feel like I'm sort of landing in a similar place to you and I'm relieved <laughs> honestly <laughs> because I was still feeling like you know I I, I, the Shining is my example. Like I am a big Stephen King girl. I have been since I was nine years old, however appropriate or inappropriate <laughs> that may have been. Um, I read his entire um, collection of books and I loved that movie, even though it was a quite the departure from the book, if you know anything about that. I love his but, book on writing. Like it taught yeah. me so much. Like on, it's I loved that. Book. It is. Yeah. So. And he's like, I know that he has his heart in the right place. Like he is trying to make a more fair and equitable world and I can get behind that. I, he is terrible at writing sex scenes. Go ahead and <laughs> at me about it. It's bad. It's not okay, sexy. You can't be good at everything. Yeah, I know, he fine. can't. And he's real bad at that. Um, <laughs> but um, I felt bad about watching that movie because I know that she was, Shelly was so deeply abused that she like left the film industry after that mm. and I know that articles are just coming out about her now um and I did feel guilty but at the same time I want to honor the work that she did do yeah on screen even if it was in an abusive environment um and I was still feeling unsure about how to feel about it and I guess I still am mm. unsure, and I think that's and I think that's okay like yeah. why do we have to make a decision about it? I think, you know, things right. like that are complicated and that's like 
I I've stopped putting a pressure on myself like in with having all these mixed emotions. I think that's okay. Like you don't feel guilty about that in my, that would be my take. Everyone can tell me to fuck (laughs) off, but I think you can absolutely change. We like, you should always be inspired. Your, your, your learning curve on how you like feel and develop those emotions and opinions should grow and change, you know, that's okay. So no, I I feel that way about it personally. Thank you. Yeah. And I would say that over the four years that Riley and I have been doing this labor of love that is that is hags um <laughs> wait that's wild it actually has been four yeah, years congrats no that's huge congrats seriously we we, we get but the like, work yeah it's yeah. a labor of love yeah, for sure uh but I would say if I went back and listened to the first episode now I think I might be the world's most embarrassed human <laughs> like I, we routinely tell people who are like oh I'm gonna listen like don't start at the beginning mm-hmm. just pick, meet us where we are yeah there's like 200 episodes that don't that's too much <laughs> you know we it would have took a minute to find our way yeah. whatever just like you're fine just joining in yeah. where we're yeah. at now but I mean it's you know we're always evolving and growing I mean like Tying both of those conversations together, there's a meme I've been seeing floating around that's like, I don't know, it was the guy from Star Trek or something. He had like those glasses and the top one's like cancel culture and he's like pointing with an angry face. And then the bottom one says consequence culture. And he's like, ah, you know, and that's the whole, yeah, like, and people just love to like black and white, good and evil things because it's easier for them to just grasp you know and it's like either you are good or you are bad but like that's not how the world works that's not how these issues work that's not how our understandings of issues work so like yeah I mean consequences need to be paid but people can learn lessons and that goes for us too like you know we learn we grow and evolve we, we say it on the show things. too like yeah mm-hmm. we we're might contradict ourselves and that's just because we're growing on the show we're we're learning new industry things and and that goes to us as being humans like uh, you know Mm -hmm. we try to put in our personal intakes and this is a great episode i'm glad we're doing this to like show like this is how we feel now guys fam fam you know spreading love and awareness but like that's just how we feel like today (laughs) you know and we're gonna hopefully you know keep evolving doing better you know and, and being like a better example because it's scary. You know, you guys know this, so the pressures of being on a podcast platform and knowing like, okay, like these are my thoughts and opinions now going out there. And it's like, how have you guys dealt with that? You know, coming, you know, knowing that your, your words and your thoughts and feelings are going out there. You guys seem like ballers at it, by the way. And like, <laughs> I like admire everything you guys put out there. I'm like, oh, geez, like, oh, it makes me want to break sweat, but you guys do it. And it's, it's really good. But Tell me, like, how have you guys dealt with that? You're very kind. (laughs) Um, No, because it's scary to me. (laughs) Well, it is. I know for me, I put my conservative family on blast, like, by name. Um, Oh, she doesn't And I know that they listen. And they... We have like open dialogues. We have like a text thread um, now that's actually kind of more recent because of, finally one of them was like, hey, you know, we listen. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I stand by it. Yeah. 
right? Like I, it would be uncomfortable to say to your face, but I would still get there. Trust. Um, yeah. It was a learning curve, I would say, to realize that everything that you say lives on the internet forever when you're on a <laughs> podcast. Um, even if you think you've taken it down, it's probably still out there somewhere. Yeah. Somebody has saved um, it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody screenshotted, somebody screen recorded it. Um, and I think for me, it's just, it's made me more comfortable with myself, with who I am, with how I speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and also more confident in my viewpoints because I do have to think them out a little bit more <laughs> yeah. um, than when I'm just in a ca- casual conversation. I don't know if you feel the same, Riley. I don't know. I think I just, I think I have some condition or something where I don't actually think I exist. <laughs> and like, I don't actually, I know because I look at our download numbers, like I know people do listen, but I kind of just pretend I don't know. I just like, I'm like, oh, it's whatever. Like no one's, if they're listening, like they like it. And if they don't like it anymore, they'll stop listening. (laughs) And I don't know. Like I, I literally, it's weird to me to even like hear people say my name. Sometimes (laughs) I'm like, you know who I am? Yeah. (laughs) Like literally like my good friends, like saying my name. I'm like, oh, that's right. I uh, exist in this world. Um, Or like somebody who like from college, I'll be like, I don't know if you remember me. And they're like, of course I remember you. And I'm like, okay, because I remember you. Like, I don't know what it is. I just don't think I like fully exist in this world. So that helps me um, not feel like I not like trip myself out about it. I'm just... And I guess I also don't feel like it's anything I wouldn't just say anytime to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's probably a healthy way to approach it. Because, <laughs> you know, then you're not putting like the pressure on yourself and everything like that. But I, I relate to that a lot. Um, I think less with the podcast. I think I probably put more pressure on myself with that. But just like in life, like when you said about like running into people from high school and like, they're like, yes, I know exactly who you are. And I've been following you on Instagram. And you're like, oh, (laughs) I exist in your world. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's, I don't think it'll ever not be weird for me. (laughs) Here's a weird question. Have you, I experienced this and I did very poorly with it. Have you met someone who you do not know who listens to your podcast? We, we have over Instagram, not like in person, but yeah, we've met a couple people that we, we now know cause we've like built that relationship with them. But yeah, when they reached out to us, they're like, Oh my God, we're like, you know, we're a fan. We listen all the time. And we're like, why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, crazy, it's right? Like, yeah. yeah. No, that's been the most like, that's when, that's like, I feel like the most rewarding experience when you're like a fan of someone and then they're like, Oh my God, thank you for asking. I totally like yeah, they like actually listen and you're like, oh, (laughs) like you remember me saying that thing that I said. But even from the (laughs) other side too, it's like, I mean, like with you guys, like Nicole, we've hung out a little bit, but like, we don't even know each other that well. And Riley, we've never met, but like, I feel like I know the two of you so well, just from listening to your podcast all the time. And like, even just, it's so funny. Like this, just the sound of your voice. Like when we joined the network that we're on now, we were talking to Matt Kelly, who's on a podcast that I listen to as well. And like when we did our Zoom with him, I was like, this is so trippy, like hearing your voice talking to me, like, you know, so yeah, it's it's kind of weird from both sides. It's a weird world we live in with this sort of technology and entertainment. That's we definitely true. don't listen to our own episodes anymore. I think I can speak for mm-hmm. both of us. Yeah, uh, we do not listen to our own episodes anymore to the point where my mom, at one point, I was back east. This was probably like two years ago. 
in the car, put on an episode of Hags and it took me, you guys, we were listening to it for like five minutes. (laughs) And what I said was eventually I was like, this person sounds like me. And I still like, and they just started laughing and I was like, wait, (laughs) because I don't, I literally just, I feel like I just go and sit in a room and talk to my friends, Nicole and Alex, and then never think about it again. So I'm probably going to have some big midlife crisis. (laughs) I'm clearly just not processing. I met, I met a, a, a listener at a film festival. So mm-hmm. Alice and I took our movie on this and we were in um, Dubuque, Iowa. Mm. Oh, shout out to Dubuque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holla. They call it the, 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 I think it's like the diamond along the Mississippi, super cute town. Okay. Um, they actually put us up, which is rare for a film festival. Um, but this woman came up to me and she was like, hey, Nicole. And I was like, oh, I'm wearing a name tag. Hi, hey, <laughs> hi. And then she was like, no, no. And she like had expectations of who I was because of the show. Mm -hmm. And I immediately missed those expectations (laughs) by being awkward and bashful. And I was like, I don't know you. I'm so sorry. And you know what happened? She didn't want to talk to me for the rest of the (laughs) time because because I handled it so poorly. Um, and she's so nice and she's a really talented filmmaker and she just like wanted to talk to me but then it turns out you know we emailed about it later and like she also was like I was very awkward (laughs) yeah I was gonna say that's 100% about her and not you about being like this I tried to talk to Nicole and I did it wrong and I need to leave and never speak to her again I just walked out of the bathroom and she was like hi and I was like hi Well, that's like kudos to you, though, like celebrities. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. In Dubuque, that's, that's what, what it, That's like. That's like what her mind was. She's like Nicole is blown up. Like she's probably like you're probably used to that, you know. And she just didn't realize like you're like no, like me, like who? No, what? I said it home. Yeah, my name's Nicole. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah. So I just think it's funny because it takes you a second to realize. Wait, no, I, I actually am. I'm getting like people all over to listen to me, and how like that's incredible because you know to again get to that point to have that awkward moment. It just means like you know that people are are seeing you in that way. Like, girl, get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wish I thought of it that way. I get still those just paparazzi feel like shots. red face embarrassment about it. There's something about podcasting too that is kind of a little bubble because I don't, they're never going to fix this at this point, but like you can't really tell how many people are Mm -hmm. listening to a podcast. I don't know if anybody listening knows that, but um, you can tell how many people have downloaded your episode if you're using a tracker, if your podcast is like hosted on a site. Uh, But if you're hosted somewhere and you have the ability to download, but you also have the ability to just like press a play button, we don't know how many times people have pressed that play button. Mm. So it's like you live Mm -hmm. in this weird, weird world of just looking at numbers and being like, okay, 300 people have at least downloaded this. Maybe they downloaded it and threw it immediately in the trash. Maybe they downloaded it and listened to it six times in a row. Who knows? We just have no concept of like how and it's not like YouTube where like you could read the comments but you shouldn't but you do anyway you know like you get we get messages from the people who like care enough to like write us a whole email which is incredible but even that is like a few people so it's it still is weird to think of 
I sometimes compare it. I'm like, okay, if I saw this many, this number of downloads, if I had that many people at a live show, I would be like, this is amazing. But in the podcast world, I'm just like, I don't know. There's pro- this probably isn't that high compared to like other people. And like, we, we should Always. be getting more people. <laughs> and I know out. they're just numbers to me. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, it's a weird like disconnect where you just see like statistics and you're like, okay. <laughs> totally. That is so true. That is so true. And that's where it's like, then you, you get like a Spotify wrap up and at the end of the year and you're like, oh, so like in these countries too? What? Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> but you're like, I don't know who these people are. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And the horror of seeing they've downloaded every single episode in this one country. And you're like, no, no, not that one. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. know. And sometimes like a week will go by and I'll be like, we had 193 downloads on this one day. Wow. We've got 193 episodes. Who are you? And I'm so sorry you did that. <laughs> I don't do that. I, no, even, we, like, we I don't know same. how Apple podcast works. I still am like grandma with it. Like not even from yep. the, like putting my podcast out there perspective, but as a listener, I'm like, I didn't want to download all those, but then wait, how do I download this show that I'm missing these episodes? Like, I don't, I don't understand how it works. So I can only imagine to the people that are just the total casual listener, like they want to support and they don't know how, and I don't know how to tell them. Yeah. It's actually not very intuitive. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't hope that doesn't it's not. screw me over with a, it's also, a well, just There's so many platforms. There's like, okay, if you're used to Spotify, that's great. If that podcast is on mm-hmm. Spotify, but not all podcasts are on Spotify. So like that, you know, it just, it, it's like having 1 million subscriptions to like Hulu and Netflix. And you have mm-hmm. to, you're like a, a different one. Like the play button is a different one on this one. And on this one, you have to click and you can't skip the intro. And like, you just have to learn all these different formats and it's a lot. Yeah. So if it's hard for you, I understand. <laughs> we forgive you, listeners. <laughs> forgive you. But guys, <laughs> fem fam, y'all need to tune in to Hags if you haven't heard enough about it already <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I we, like four years, that's a long time. And like, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of work and we respect that. So again, like, we're so excited. We were happy to have you guys on today and like, um, I think you guys are in spreading important messages and like, yeah, you do the work. And I love that, like hearing your backstory, um, Riley, from the beginning to to talk about the emails that you were doing, like things like that. And and Nicole getting on your soapbox and being vulnerable, I think are, are just really important elements. And, you know, it is scary to do on a platform sometimes when you know it's like it's out there in the forever. And but I think, again, it's important, you know, for our family and, and for your family to know, like it's like and I mean, in the the community space that, you know, we're, we're humans, we're, we're going to mm-hmm. we need to have those conversations and they're not going to be perfect, but we, we need to put in our perspective and our, our unique experience out there because who knows who that's going to resonate with. And, and hopefully we just all learn from each other at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then let our listeners know, um, besides, you know, they can listen to your podcast and all the major podcast platforms, (laughs) but social media wise, where that can they follow hags and also you each individually. Um, you can follow Hags across all social media platforms <laughs> at Hags Podcast. Um, I'm at Ms. Nicole Wyland on all of the elder millennial apps. <laughs> Does that just mean not TikTok? Yep. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I am at Riley Ace of Spies on Instagram and at Riley Rose Critch on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I think that's when I think I think we're on all the platforms. But if you find one that we're not on, let us know because each day there's something new and it's hard to keep up. Like Clubhouse, <laughs> have you guys started that? Because I have no, no. Nope. I made an account and that's as far as I went. <laughs> I made Tessa I mean, make an account and then that's yeah. that's the, that, that's my job. I did it. <laughs> As soon as I heard it was like, sit and do nothing else, but talk to random people. And they can also like make you a presenter without your consent. I was like, there is no world in which I will be joining this app. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested. Guys, but Twitter is enough for me. Having this conversation though, with your podcast community, like, and actually, because you don't know who's tuning in, getting a more personal perspective from your audience, like, okay, yeah, we feel you on that point. Or maybe I need That's you to fair. explain that. So I don't know. I'm just saying maybe there's a femme. Like Guys, do you want it? Do you want a femme times hags, you know, live podcast experience? I think I'd be down for that. If you ladies want to get on that train, I think you guys would be perfect to have like that kind of conversation with. And don't worry, Nicole, I'll just, I'll just be the presenter. I'll just do everything. Thank you. Well, maybe, but- <laughs> thing, maybe we need to only be on the like presenter side so we don't get caught, you know, by surprise and like pulled up to the stage. Or yeah. Whatever. I just don't know the platform well enough. No, to I not think you, be afraid of you it, but I'm sure I could learn and adapt. You can like not you can decline that or just make someone else. a person. I just think they do that so that everyone can have a voice who's in the room. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say like, Oh, Hey, I see blah, blah, blah tuning in. Do you want to put in, you know, your thoughts here? Let's put, make you a presenter for a moment. So that way people can equally share and not talk all at once. I think that's the idea with the presenter. Um, again, I'm that's not cool. experienced at all in this, but I've, I've tuned in because I do think, you know, the podcasting thing has been a really a great, um, way for people to you know voice their opinions and and like grow a community and that's why we love it we're such a fan and I'm sure you guys are too and so I'm just like I think this is something we can we can definitely look to and I I see it growing in that way for us as femregard if we wanted to do a live femregard kind of podcast um I think with with you guys if you want to hop on board I think you guys would be perfect to like kind of do that with yeah like that'd that. be fun yeah scary scary fun <laughs> I I love I love it. I feel like we can just like make sure we don't like anyone. We'll just start booing. Just kidding. No, we won't do that, fam. Be like, boo, get off the get off. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, and I love that if you just like want to. I mean, if we're we're hosting this, we shouldn't quietly leave. But yeah, for anyone you know who's new who doesn't understand Clubhouse and is curious about it, you can just quietly leave too. It's not like this. You can quickly join in and quickly join out. No hard feelings. You know, you're just you Irish in goodbye out of people's. Okay. Yeah, good. I like having that option. I actually prefer to have that option. No, that and that that's actually just how like... it is. Yeah, so. It's actually really not that that scary. I've just like, you know, haven't found a community I feel like comfortable to joining in yet. And that's why I'm like, well, we should just, we have ours. Mm-hmm. We should might as well just, just start our own. Start yeah. our own. Yeah, yeah, just let me know. Let us know. Guys, we're, we will definitely keep you posted if they have any exciting announcements. Ladies, you're a friend to the show. Let us know how we can always support you. If you have something special and important coming up, we definitely want to voice that to our community. So... 
Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming on today. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support. So please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.